Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Woo! What's up, everybody? You have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. From Jaster's Legacy to Broken Wing, we've got you covered. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Justin. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I feel out of my depth because I wasn't sure what those two things you said were. <laughs> well, the one is Valance's ship from the the cyborg-looking dude. That's yeah. his ship. Okay. And then the other one was Django's before he actually had his fire spray. It's a big old clunker, though. It's not a not a very impressive-looking ship at all. Deep cuts. Well, bounty hunters. <laughs> I don't know if it's a deep cut. I just don't care enough. Uh, this is Kyle, and uh, I'm going to actually start preparing something for this intro like I used to, so <laughs> we can stop just like poking at Justin for actually having something ready to say in the opening. First of all, I was poking at myself for not knowing what the things were. Yeah. Hey, I wasn't judging <laughs> you. If that's you true. felt guilty, that's on you. I was just saying what I'm going to do <laughs> moving forward. Yeah, you know, I try to come prepared, except the one you guys called me out and said I was lazy with it, which I will be honest, I completely was. I was like, yeah. nah, we'll just go with this one from uh, transports to, uh, well, I don't forget what transports. it was. <laughs> it wasn't even significant. So, well, welcome, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you. If you've been listening to us for the X hundred and some odd episodes that we have put out here so far we appreciate you coming back and listening to us again we also appreciate you joining our our live streams yeah we love having some fun on pandemonium they've been hot man these these live streams with the last four weeks have been really fun yeah no pressure on our future guests but our uh our first few have been pretty good (laughs) so yeah yeah definitely and uh you can check all those out you can go to youtube pull them up on youtube they should be there um and you can find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts so you know like subscribe send us a review we'd love to hear from you so hopefully everybody had a great weekend we've got a lot to talk about today we've got uh, episode four uh from the book of boba fett that dropped last wednesday it's a little and, longer you know we Gathering like a longer Storm. episode oh yeah it was a Long good 40 strong 40 minutes down to get the friction on baby uh don't bring me a don't bring me those 22 minuteers no thank you yeah this was this one was long i need to get warmed up um it was good it was good um i thoroughly enjoyed it and we've got uh we've got a little bit of news we actually have quite a bit of news that we got to cover this week but before we get to that we got uh something we always like to discuss here not celebration folks to say what is happening? I know. <laughs> so we are 17 weeks out at 17, this point. And, um, yeah, we don't have a lot of news um, yet. <laughs> We're into the mid-teens at this I point. Know, I was scrolling through my, my calendar today, just like trying to keep up with my life and actually came across it. It's that close. Like I scrolled to it. It's just yeah. a few months away. So uh, I'd like a little, like even just a hey, we're definitely having it uh or mm-hmm. I, I i don't know it someone's gonna come that's famous anything i don't know i'd love to hear a, a little a little tid bit 
There was a if are you guys if you guys go on to the Star Wars Celebration Anaheim 2022 Facebook page, there was somebody that dropped this little nugget on there. I don't know how factual this is, um, but it does say um, our uh, yeah, take it with a grain of salt. Um, it does say RP sent out an email to dealers and exhibitors to start making their plans to purchase floor space, ads, banners, etc. Um, so basically, meaning SWCA 2022 is still on track, albeit a little bit behind on the timelines. Um, yeah, but that's basically like how everything is now because everything is delayed and getting things determined and set up and all that kind of stuff so but that was on the celebration anaheim 2022 page again i i can't credit the source i don't know if maybe that's a vendor that received an email to say hey if you're setting up a booth you need to purchase your booth space by january 31st i don't know so take it with a grain of salt but it was yeah. there so that's a little bit of news but yeah nothing on the uh sounds like the they're still front. finding ways to take money without uh providing <laughs> any further information <laughs> right Right. Like, I, I think that would be the the thing, right? Is if people knew something yeah. that their deposit was going towards something, they would feel a little bit better other than, hey, we're just going to throw money at you and then you cancel the event again. And now I got to sit and wait for another year. Even point, if they so. announced when they're going to make an announcement, like anything, <laughs> any like, yeah. here's when <laughs> we're going to tell you what's happening. A- anything would be would be reassuring. You know, the radio yeah. silence a is little, not the move. A little save the date. As we talk about here, and we'll save the date would be nice. I, I think what we that. were looking at was like we somebody heard from somebody who heard from somebody that we were going to know something at the end of January. So we're like six days away. Not that almost I'm counting, there, but we're pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's coming up quick. So I, you know, hotel is the easiest one. You can always book your hotel. You can usually cancel that within 24 hours. That's good. Yep. We're good there. Happy to announce. uh, Airfare, I think is the big one at this point. So that's an expensive one too. It is. And it's going to get more expensive the closer we get to that. Yeah. That frame. So maybe we're just going to have to rent a Winnebago, take two weeks off (laughs) and uh, we'll, we'll drive out there. Yep. I'm, I'm hey, a little road trip. Why that not? sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a, it'd be a lot it, of Star Wars talk before we even get there. You get to the event, you're like, all right, I'm ready to go home I'm now. Going, I, <laughs> hey, I'm I contain <laughs> multitudes, man. I got there's more inside me than just Star Wars. That's true. That's true. We can. There's lots of pop culture we can talk. So uh, we do have a little bit of news. Um, huge news in the gaming huge. world uh, this week. Huge. Uh, Lucasfilm Games and EA are working with Respawn Entertainment, currently developing three Excellent. new Star Wars games. One is a Star Wars strategy game. The next one is a first-person shooter. And then the third is the continuation of the Star Wars Jedi story, which I am assuming that's the sequel to yeah uh, that's jedi colon fill in the title fill in title yeah fallen order was the um, first one i did see an interesting thing that i think the one of the executive directors or something that they hired was uh a gentleman that previously worked on the battlefront early versions of the battlefront game so it'll be really interesting to see if that's um in the works or what they're doing with that and if that's part of this so and the strategy game i don't know this is in addition to the um uh it's not rockstar it's not blizzard they they were working on um 
the people who do Assassin's Creed, um, Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were mm-hmm. doing an open world game with Ubisoft too. Is that still in the works? I'm assuming. And these three are all in addition to that. We I can hope. Think I think so because so, these because yeah. that was like not that was that was something that was supposed to be down the pipeline that they weren't going to talk about a whole lot until the EA contract was up. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah, that would definitely not be any of these because it would it was mm-hmm. not involvement. There was no involvement with EA for that. Right. Well, we're gonna. Yeah. I mean, the market's going to be flooded with Star Wars games. I know there was a ton Not of a them back thing. in the '90s, but you know there haven't been yeah. that many super recently. Well, we not like to mention the Eclipse game that is supposedly coming out sometime. Right, the, uh, and not that one not mm-hmm. near future. With well, maybe it won't come out because there's you know some controversy some with the yeah. studio. Yep, it looks so yep. awesome though that that trailer. Oh, oh, and then yeah, the the uh, the remake of uh, Kotor too. Yeah, many many games separate from these. They have a games. mobile game, I think, coming yeah. out too, don't they? Uh, that, um, shoot, can't remember what it's I called. I can't think of the name of it, but there's a mobile game that's coming out too. It's I haven't, I, I've seen the clips for it, but um, hunters got that coming out. Yeah, maybe it's like you're there's an imperial and there's a or like a stormtrooper. There's a Wookiee. There's a yep, Star Wars hunters. Yeah, hunters. a droid. I think like the droidica droid is in there. That one could be interesting. I don't know what it entails but that one kind of looked kind of looked like it was an arena fighter type thing like yeah yeah um a little bit in the um the production realm um production weekly stated that ahsoka is starts filming this month right in la yeah and i don't know production weekly might be where they are on the grain of grain of salt o meter uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> a little pinch take it with a pinch there um but that's okay that's all right we did get casting news as well um mary elizabeth winstead was cast in the ahsoka series um you may know her from uh birds of prey gemini man and fargo the tv series correct and ewan mcgregor's love life yep uh, yes <laughs> in the show of ewan mcgregor's life wasn't <laughs> yeah. uh she on fargo oh you said that never mind Yes, no, yes. The series, not, um, the, not the movie. Right. Correct. Yeah, not the movie. Good movie, though. It was, a, it was an interesting movie. Um, all three trilogies are going to be getting a new update, new 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray box set that release, releases for fifteen twenty two. So be on the lookout for that. Little, um, I mean, it's weird to me that they didn't do... So I get that 4K is a thing now. I, I have a nice Blu-ray box set from years ago uh but now there's those awesome 4k renders of every version on disney plus which i guess there are people but if you're a big enough star wars fan that you're gonna buy three fifty dollar box sets of blu-rays i think you might have disney plus so, i mean i guess if you own right. if you're just a collector or something it's but about having the physical media it's it's weird to me that they didn't do a, a box set of the complete skywalker saga then you know then they they yeah. packaged them as three separates yeah mm. i don't know 
Um, we did forget. Uh, we did forget one video game though. Ah, the long-awaited like Lego right Star Wars game, uh, the Skywalker Saga, will be released on April fifth, twenty twenty-two. Have you guys watched any of the the gameplay video from that? No, I haven't. I've seen it. Pop it's up, it's but. oh, it's pretty cool. It's really customizable. There's you can play as a ton of different characters. There, um. They've got a, I don't know if you guys know, like a mumble mode. Have you guys ever, like the older Lego games before oh, they actually where had they don't actually voices? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't speak. They just mumble. Um, <laughs> they have that. You can turn a mumble mode on for it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of other modes listed there that you it's can play. It's a huge game from what I've heard, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty extensive. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to pick that one up. Um, but people have been looking forward to that it, for fun. years. It's It's been delayed it's multiple been delayed. times. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Bad Batch season two were slated for a spring 2022 release date. Yep. For it's Bad Batch, so that'll window. be coming up pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. Um, again, and that's going to be huge. I think right around that celebration time. So, um, yeah, we'll see what what we get there. Go ahead, Josh. I've also heard that, um, and I can't remember the source now, that we are supposed to get Kenobi this year and that Andor is now there was like a production note somewhere that they were working on season three and people were like what and apparently like the rumor is that they split season one into two so it's gonna be like two six episode seasons instead of one 12 episode Hmm. season for Andor kind of like space things out better or for Kenobi? Andor. Andor. Okay. Interesting. That could be cool, though. And we're supposed we're to get try that something this year, new. too. At least one yeah. season of it. I mean, that's how Walking Dead operated for a long time, was you'd get, you know, six episodes, and then you'd break, and then you'd get six more episodes. So it worked pretty well for them, but I think their big thing was they didn't want to show zombie stuff during the holiday season because not a lot of people wanted that over the holiday break but um and then they were in february so yeah yeah so i will i don't care but um and then two uh two things of note um we had the book of boba fett volume one soundtrack was finally released we got that out there now so one title track yep if you're digging the music you can go get it the sea shanties as we like to call them are hey (laughs) <laughs> just somebody selling peanuts in the stands. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, there was a vintage collection as part of the what I don't know what they call it now. It's the bounty. I don't even know what it is. The bounty Tuesdays that they were doing that They'll are now extended. Bounty. Bring home the bounty. I'm boycotting the extended. bounty until they do a BK figure. I mean, geez, oh, Pete, uh, what's the what's the point of it? Yeah, if you're I, not going to make a figure for the coolest thing that we've put on TV in years, like I mean, Jesus, Pete, just screaming. I yeah, I imagine it's coming soon. But again, that this should have been stuff maybe that was like in the pipeline with the Rancor project, maybe or something like that. But the the figure that they released was a vintage collection Boba Fett from Morak, which was yeah, the tragedy yeah. episode with in Mando, and everybody was like, "Well, wait, didn't you just release?" A vintage collection Boba Fett for Book of Boba Fett. You release a Boba Fett um, figure every yeah, three weeks. So I mean, it's crazy. It's um the price points twenty dollars, twenty one dollars on that. Um, so you can it was a it was exclusive through Target. And it's already gone. So I heard it was um, gone in like seconds. 
Because well, that's what I think people thought. But so when I, I, I'll be honest, I completely forgot about it. And I was looking at like one thirty, one forty-five in the afternoon, and I thought they were all gone. And then somebody, I got an alert on one of my pages that said, "Hey, go check it out. It's up." And I went into the Target app, and sure enough, it was right there. I bought it and was good to go. So I don't know if it didn't actually drop at the time it was supposed to, or if it dropped and then they dropped more later on. I don't know how they did that, mm. but um, I did manage to score one, so I was pretty excited about that. But you know, uh, again, it's an exclusive that's gone within an hour. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and they should be showing up in stores, but who knows? And it's the 4,000th Boba Fett figure. I mean, not a Fennec Shand, not a BK, not a, mm-hmm. not a Danny not Trejo. I mean, come on, not oh a, gosh. not a Garza flip, not a, a anything. I, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's opportunity uh, if, to me. I'm going to need weasel lady. In yeah. The where's the weasel hooker? <laughs> I need the weasel lady in the, the, whatever she's wearing in the background um, of that. What is it? The third episode or the second episode? I'm going to need her. Um, Cause that character was hysterical. So, um, but yeah, so we did have a little bit of news, um, you know, lots in the entertainment industry going on a little bit, um, you know, in, in the, the merchandise area. So um, always if you are something. looking for, I'll, I'll plug this. If you guys are looking for like custom figures, like 3D printed that you want fast from this show, Book of Boba, not this show, not, cool. not Outer Impact. That'd Beacon, be cool but, if you could do that. Um, <laughs> uh, you want me to hit them up and see if I can just, we'll do some 3D renderings yeah, maybe and get some Josh. figures. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll get a hold of them and see. But you can, you can get anything 3D printed now. And there is a gentleman on Facebook. Uh, Mo, it's Moff Glidian's customs and you can go there and order any figures i where i bought the bendu because i had to have the bendu and oh, it's big cool. it's three it's for the 3.75 scale but it's huge like it's a sizable it's so like as big as the rank or is. are you painting it or how, how's that working you can get it as a kit unpainted or you can get it put together and painted i am not skilled at painting so i will probably pay the extra to get it painted but He's already made the the big thing that the twins were sitting on. Mm. He's made the twins. He's made all of the characters that sit around or that are ho- holding yeah. the twins. The drummer. He's made. Um, uh, he's done, done a Bib Fortuna, like a newer Bib Fortuna. I must have tuna seen that, this either the chubby one. You can say it. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Thicker uh, tuna. It's either yeah, yeah. Uh, tuna steak. Uh, it. <laughs> I I must have seen this or there's another guy who's done the exact same thing because I saw um, Mm -hmm. pictures of it on Facebook somewhere. Yep. There are people out there that can 3D print it. It's it's a clean print, so you shouldn't have to do any sanding or anything like that. They will paint it for you. They'll do whatever. So if you got to have those figures that Hasbro is not making now, you can find them. You just got to go out and search for it. So I'm not saying it's going to be cheap, but you can get it. (laughs) It's it's going to be some, some coin. Yeah, it's going to be some coin, but uh, it's going to be some flan. Does but, Moss uh, Glidian make uh, Mace Tawani figures? I don't know. Maybe. Kyle, when's your birthday? Uh, <laughs> September 15th, but don't get me that. Seriously, enough just enough kidding. with that thing. <laughs> now, if um, we're getting Garza Flip figures, I'll have two, please. <laughs> He uh he made the hydra the hydra the back to tank from Boba Fett that he's in. It's like a little kit that you put together. But I mean, 
Um, the scene where they walk out and they encounter the twins, that giant, I don't know, the the architectural facade I'm behind them. I'm starting to get suspicious that. that Justin's going to drop his affiliate link for this guy or something soon. <laughs> I mean, I can put it out there on the page if you guys want, but it's uh, I, well, Ooh, I'm not endorsed by him. I don't get anything from him. So, I, you know, I, I yeah, he's there's a full-size tie defender. Um, he's got some cool stuff, 175. man. 75? Yeah unpainted it's like the kit i Who think 250 but, painted yeah there it's not cheap but that's a big vehicle you too right you're not talking just to paint it mm-hmm. it's good paint though he's i don't know if he does it or if he's got somebody that does it's it for him but um it's pretty good he's probably maybe he's got a guy so but yeah it's uh it's pretty cool so go check it out um if there's figures you're looking for especially from book of boba fett or the mandalorian that are not made yet you can probably find him there. So. Justin, stop tr- anyway. stop promoting small business where I'm trying to talk <laughs> trash about Hasbro for not being prepared. If we're going to do a weekly bounty, then have some cool shit ready to go. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, to get you in the mood. But like cause like water. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's such a good... I like it. The more I listen to it, the more it grows on me, though. Josh is not feeling it at all. I was feeling some stuff in the in this episode's music, and I can bring that up when, when appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think it's good. But um, We had uh, episode four of The Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. Uh, writer was John Favreau. Uh, director was Kevin, and I apologize if I butchered the last name, Tankaroin, Tankaroin. That's how I would have said it. Kevin T. Right? Yeah. Kevin T. (laughs) T. (laughs) Um, We had some guest appearances or cameos, if you will. Matt Berry as eighty-eight was back. Uh, We had Thundercat, who played the modifier. (laughs) I probably peaked. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. He's uh, known as a composer, actor, bass guitarist. He's known for uh, the Venom, Let There Be Carnage soundtrack, Lovecraft Country, Insecure. um, And he's done several collaborations with others, such as Kendrick Kendrick Lamar, Wiz Khalifa. Just a nice portfolio for him. He was just on the Silk Sonic record doing three-part harmony with Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, And that takes some balls right there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, And playing the bass. Carrie Jones as BK again, Jennifer Beals as Garza Fwip, uh, Robert Rodriguez was back as Doc Strassi, uh, Phil Lamar, who we've talked about previously, was the Klaatuinian boss, Fine he's also the Pike name. boss on Weak. the previously mentioned roles, um, and has done everything, Family Guy, Young Justice, Orn Frita. Bail Organa, Rebels, tons of stuff, um, Barry Lowen, who's done mostly stunt work, was pay- playing... Garfalaquax, I believe was how 88 pronounced his name. Garfalaquax. Yeah. And then uh, Matt yeah. Wood as Bib Fortuna briefly before he got shot and died. Very and he goes, and that's about it. <laughs> so uh, that was your, your cast of characters for this week. Um, with our quick synopsis, Kyle, take it away. Yeah, this one is like slightly less quick because this was almost an hour long, True. this episode. But um, we started in the flashback, which was the majority of the episode, much longer than the the time we spent in the current timeline. Um, 
but we see Boba riding through the desert on the Bantha, and he's scouting out Jabba's palace. He already knows that's where his ship is. Obviously, he flew it in there when he went to the palace, obviously. Uh, but there's too many guards, so he chooses not to attack it and just kind of rides off into the desert on his Bantha. Um, and while he's having dinner with his Bantha friend that he's like chatting to, he sees the flare go up in the night sky that we know is from the standoff between Din Djarin and Dorito Calican and and um, and Fennec from The Mandalorian. And we get the nice little musical cue. Um, he goes to investigate that, and that's where he finds the wounded Fennec Shand left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. So he takes her to the mod shop to get repaired. This saves her life. And obviously she feels like she owes him um, a pretty big one for that and agrees to help him retrieve his ship from Jabba's palace to repay that debt. So they go back riding on the Bantha again to Jabba's palace. Now that she's all healed up, they have a little conversation out in the desert um, and they scout the palace. She uses a slick little droid that flies through the whole thing and maps it out and shows them where all the guards are. And there's like way too many. What there's 30, there's 25, there's 30, there's 40, there's, a, there's a ton of them. Um, so they decide to just go in, in quiet. And it's good to see like, probe um, droid technology mm-hmm. has advanced, you know, so much smaller than the Viper model. Not giant in making like what, that um, loud noise and those are just the ones you shoot down from um <laughs> out of outer atmosphere from a star destroyer. Uh anyway, Josh. But yeah, that is true. They have gotten much better, apparently. Uh they decide to go in quiet and they crawl through, like, you know, we're gonna time the patrols and they she uses her little uh Swiss Army lightsaber thing to cut through some bars and they sneak through uh like a drainage tunnel or something and they pop up in the kitchen where we get the cool little kitchen droids. Um and he uh you know, they eventually get into the hangar and they get the the fire spray, which he has called it his fire spray every single time i've never called it slave one i'm sure some mm-hmm. people take issue with that uh i too I don't, bad i don't personally care but i don't there either. it is um i don't really understand why the alarm went off when they were in the hangar but we can talk about that later um so there was a fight scene and they get out and boba's like well i've got a couple scores to settle and fennec says well i'll just kind of hang around for the ride. I think she's kind of digging the vibes he's putting down, liking what he has to say. They're pretty good in a fight together, whatever. So uh, they go and mow down that, I guess, gang of Nikto riders in the fire spray. They made very short work of them. Not a hundred percent sure why Mm -hmm. they, why they did Yes, I, they did call them that, but didn't he also call them Nikto Riders and yeah. Peter? You know, yeah. like it's okay. I wasn't yeah. being like ignorant. Okay, just make sure. No, you're good. I, and for those that think that Boba's gone soft or he's not as ruthless as we used, to, I mean, yeah. he just gunned down a biker gang. For, like, and and don't get me wrong, what they did was wrong, <laughs> but 
he he shot them from behind yeah. in the desert riding the motorcycle. Blind, so Justin, you know, <laughs> yeah, like like that's still pretty ruthless in my book. So you know, uh, he's still pretty yeah. badass. I, that was a little confusing to me too because they agreed earlier in the episode that obviously uh, just a a band of speeder bike a speeder bike gang couldn't take out a uh, tribe of Tuscans. And yet they didn't even capture a single one of these guys to so much as question them or anything. But we can mm. talk about that too. I don't know. Them not questioning them just makes me think that that we're we're interpreting that comment from her wrong. Um, that not that they weren't involved, just that they didn't do it on their own. I don't know. But I I know that's how I did interpret it. But wouldn't they want to know who the other party involved was? And now everybody other than that third party is dead. So how could they, how are they going to track it down? Which I'm sure mm -hmm. they will. And maybe they already have, and we just haven't seen it yet. I don't know. But like, I don't know. It seemed a little, I was confused by it. But anyway, after that, he goes and does another thing that doesn't make any sense to me. And he's looking for his armor <laughs> in the Sarlacc pit, uh, which I fully understand why he's looking for his armor. Very important to him. Uh, it's both fashionable and functional. You don't want to lose a garment like that. But, uh, you know, so he gets in a gunship battle with a pit and they drop a seismic charge on it. Uh, and I fear that, you know, we're, it's early, but are we in danger of overusing the seismic charge? Uh, now we Not yet, but the warning no. signs are there. We've seen it yeah. almost every time we've used the ship up to this point. So, like, let's back off here, okay? Right. It won't be cool if it's just like, oh, no, if it's just like assembling the Voltron, then it's we do it every episode. It's like not even that awesome anymore. Okay. Equivalent of whistling birds. Ex thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there's, okay. they're so precious. We only did it one time and all the sound went away. And But now we've done, we've done it like three times. And this time it was because our ship couldn't fly away from a giant sandworm. Come on. It's a spaceship. <laughs> it goes light speed. It couldn't get away from a worm's <laughs> tentacle. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Um, we're almost at the end of the flashback here. So he explains to Fennec how he wants to run his own family, and he offers her a partnership. He says, uh, I can offer you loyalty, which is something that your previous employers didn't ever offer. Um, and then I, I think this is like one of the best lines of the series so far. She says, living with the Tuscans has made you weak. And this is good because mm -hmm. as soon as she said that, before he even said it, I knew exactly what he was going to say. I'm like, this is such a trope. She said, it's made you weak. And he's going to be like, no, it made me strong. And that is exactly what he said. But it was like still very, very cool. And like, I, like mm -hmm. it, it still hit, even though I knew it was going to be like the kind of on the nose corny thing to say. So like, it, it really worked. And he said, you only get so far without a tribe. Um, and it was great. And there was this amazing cut straight from that conversation to that scene we were talking about where Boba's uh, taking out Bib and, and sitting on the throne. And that faded straight mm -hmm. into his face on... Uh, in the back to tank and i love a classic star wars screen wipe like it was made in in windows movie maker as much as the next guy but that was like <laughs> a really killer transition it was very yeah. very cool yeah before we uh move on to the current timeline timeline i wanted to go back and just 
play one or two clips here from um, the the flashback timeline. So the first one that I, I really liked was that the chef and the sous chef in the kitchen uh, kind of doing their thing. What was that? I don't know. More rats? Go find it. I will contact the rat catcher. <laughs> I just love the droid voices. Like... It's super cool, and then I do. I do reach out. I do yeah, have a couple details on the various kitchen droids. If you want me to rattle them off, if you tell me we're... ones like voiced by Dave Filoni, I'm going to be like, <laughs> I knew it. No, 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 no. I just know <laughs> like uh, the chef droid is like a COO series cook droid, which is like uh, sometimes they do that in Star Wars, where we're going to give it like part of the. Like it's a cook and it's mm-hmm. a COO, whatever. It's a third class droid. We've talked about the droid classes in the past. So if you want to know what that is, you got to go back to the, the previous episodes. Was, a, was it the uh, Clone Wars episodes, I think, where we talked about the yeah. the century droids or whatever were class four or something like yeah. that? Class yeah. three is right in the middle, smack dab in the middle, three out of five. Yeah. Um, and these chef droids appeared in Attack of the Clones. So we've seen them before. They were on the AA9 freighter. Uh, the freighter liner that took Padme and Anakin to Naboo to hide, which in hindsight mm-hmm. was not the greatest decision the Jedi Council ever made. But uh, and when he pops his arms out, he looks like Grievous, which is funny. Yeah. You know, I love that. That's the uh, multi-arm defense that droids go <laughs> yeah. to. Is like pop, 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 spin, 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 spin. Which, <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's their well. I, it's probably very formidable. Yeah fighting method for a droid i guess when you've got multiple arms but yeah what about the sous chef droid the sous chef that was a ev series supervisor droid they were used by the pike syndicate to control um they ran that control center on kessel we saw them in um solo a star wars story and they are bartenders in video games and movies and tv shows and books and regularly tending bar which i guess is not a super far cry from being a sous chef it's kind of working in the food service industry and then finally everybody's favorite was the lep series rat catcher droid which is a service Mm -hmm. or servant droid um they showed up in 14 different clone wars episodes including uh the one with the blue shadow virus which is a personal favorite of mine but they're like look like little bunny rabbits yeah yeah i've got uh i've got him actually on here as well Gotcha. Do you know who I am? I am Boba Fett. (laughs) Quick little bugger. Can we go now? Let's go. You gotta love Boba Fett pulling out just his maximum 100% intimidation on the goofy little bunny rabbit droid. (laughs) Yep. And he knew. He was like, wait. Oh, man. He's like, I gotta, I'm I'm just gonna shut myself down now. He was so scared. He (laughs) turned himself off. Yeah. He was uh, terrified at that point. So, um, and then the one other one I wanted to, to Maggie would appreciate this one because I think this was the actual, this is the birth of Bonnick here. This is the union of Boba and Fennec. Next time, we stick to the plan. Next time? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. How's the ship? She's in good shape. 
a little rusty. There are good mechanics in Moss Eisley. I'll do the maintenance myself. There's an advantage to people thinking you're dead. Why well, I faked my death. It's not wrong. Now your debt is paid. Where would you like to be dropped? Where are you headed? I have a few scores to settle. I'll go for the ride. Yes, and that's that music right there. That little, we're going to cause trouble. And it's, it fit perfect in there with that theme. So, um, but that's, that's it. That's the birth of, uh, of Bonnick right there. Boba and the Fennec. history. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think that's where that relationship was like, all right, we got something good going here. I made an observation. Mm-hmm. There are advantages to people thinking you're dead, except I'm going to tell everyone that I run into, do you know who I am? I am Boba Fett. <laughs> like, come on, dude. Uh, yeah, you think it, people might be more scared if you said, I'm Jango Fett, and they're like, whoa, dude, you had your head cut off. Yeah. You look great. Put it back on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, would anybody really know? Uh, he could have uh, said he's any one of those clones, and people would be like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Like, may as well. Well, let's bring uh, bring us into the current timeline, Kyle. Yeah, this was uh, much shorter. Um, we get Boba Fett popping out of that back-to-tank that they just faded into from the flashback. Uh, and his little droid butler says, congratulations, Master Fett, you're completely healed. So his... Um, and he looks great. Yeah, recovery is done. His eyebrows are grown back. His skin is all the same color. He's... Looking like a new man. He should have had mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. <laughs> just grew a whole head of hair. Or just three little strands like Homer Simpson. Uh, maybe, maybe it does, but he shaves his head. Oh, it's a fashion choice for sure. Or otherwise he'd have yeah. a, a a nice fancy do like Hauser. Was that his name? Yeah. I think it was. Or yeah. Rex. Rex had like the blonde hair going for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and of course, Fennec, this is almost exactly like what um, Kanan says about Rex, but she goes, what about the scars on the inside? Very dramatic. Also like kind of Mm -hmm. on the nose, but I liked it. It worked. Um, She says, there's still no sign of the mayor. And Boba says, well, I gotta, I gotta go show my face in town. Power hates a vacuum. Tale as old as time. Everybody knows that Uh, you can't just Mm -hmm. not be shown face. Somebody else is going to step up and try to fill in. Uh, so they show up at the sanctuary. That's the name of the cantina that um, Garza Whip runs with her other, uh, I guess, Twi'lek servants and droid bartenders and, and dealers and such. And Chrysanthemum is just sitting in a booth drinking, drinking. a mug of something. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Ale. Sorghum ale, whatever. Uh and just eyeballing some Trandoshans. The Trandoshans, in their defense, like nobody really likes a Trandoshan. I don't like a Trandoshan that much, but they seem like they're just having a good time, just trying to mind their own beeswax. You know, they're have a cocktail, the play a dice game, table or whatever that is. Yeah, I've heard some someone say that you know all Trandoshans are bad. Before. Well, that's racist, they're, and I will. They're all evil. I've heard. I've heard that said. It, it's well, been said. Well, you know, people say all kinds True. of things, Josh. So. Speaking of grains of salt, that's another one. You know, there's 
respected Jedi masters that were Trandoshans and, and X-Wing pilots and all kinds of things. So they're not all mm-hmm. bad, but you know, whatever, take or leave them myself too. <laughs> but he's eyeballing them. They're minding their own beeswax. They're throwing bones or trying to have they're a drink a in the middle of the afternoon yeah. on Tatooine as one does. It's very hot there. Uh, and he can't take it. Chris Santon, he picks a fight. He's throwing them all over the place. Absolute menace in a bar fight, as you would expect. He's like a super famous um, pit fighter, and he's he's just whooping up on this, I don't know, gang of Trandoshans. Mm-hmm. And I know at this point, Garza shows up in her absolutely oh, yeah. stunning break, break outfit. Right. She looks gorgeous. Um, and she basically tries to get BK to calm down and to save Kyle from having to explain all this. I've got this conversation. It's a little bit longer of an audio clip, but, but enjoy this because I thought this was great how she's stroking his ego and talking about the, I don't want to say the achievements or accomplishments of, of BK. I think you've made your point. Sounds so mean. I remember your years in the pit. I've never seen a more impressive display of martial prowess. You were a legend. In the name, Chrysanthemum drew crowds by the thousands. Your knuckle dusters are more feared than blasters. You've met every challenge. You've won every trophy. Is it not beneath you to dismember this unfortunate Trandoshan's face here? <laughs> it's beneath like, you. Please. Yeah. Thousands once cheered such a display, but those days have passed. In this more civilized place, in these more civilized times, what was once celebrated in the bloodlust of the arena is now seen as horror and cruelty. There, there. Isn't that better? And you have nothing left to prove. You are a champion. You are above such pettiness. Now, you have run up quite a bar tab, Santos, so let's say you release this customer and let these fine folks get back to their fun, and in return, I will wipe your debt off the Not a bad deal. That's a good offer. Not a bad deal. I'd take it. You drink like a Wookiee? That's expensive. Yeah. But I mean, you, the audio from from BK here is just—he I mean, sounds—he sounds way different than Chewy. Oh yeah. Like even Chewy, when he gets angry, does not sound like BK. BK is menacing. Oh yeah, he's like, a beast, me. an actual yeah. beast. But I, he's got. There's <laughs> yes. more to the story there. Uh, you know, they we know there's no love lost whatsoever between Wookies. And Trandoshans, but I think yeah. this goes a little deeper for him. Uh, I think there's more of that backstory with him, uh, you know, in the fighting pits and working for those Trandoshans and whatever yeah. comment they made in his uh, first on screen appearance about uh, the sleeping Trandoshan guard or whatever. So I wonder if we'll get more to that because it seems to me like he gets a couple drinks in him. Uh, and he sees some Trandoshans, and he just can't help himself. He's ripping an arm off. There's, there's no mm-hmm. way around it. Yeah. Which he does, and uh, he, you know, that little Trandoshan was just scared to death at that point, and was like, oh, he was throwing them around like anyway. ragdolls. There was yeah. nothing they could do. They were, and then he, 
<clears throat> he tosses a coin to the Witcher and uh, yeah, departs the bar. He paid his tab and he was out of there. He's like, look, uh, free drinks are nice, but it's not about the money for me. Yeah. It's about I hate Trandoshans and I love lip- ripping arms off. So yeah, um, you yep. can you can take my my flan. Now they're doing Republic credits these days, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, you can best take part my of this though was uh, was they get done and you hear uh, you hear Garza confirm it and she says. Hit it, Max. Yeah. And the band starts back she up. named him. Confirmation. Confirmation. Max made it. He's live. Good to hear it. People loved so, it. I saw that yeah. that that screen grab of that. Hit it, Max, was uh, doing the rounds on the internet this week. Love to see it. Yep. So he yep. and uh, uh, he being BK, which is it fair to say they've just dropped the black? Is he just Kersantan now? I was it still credited as Black Chrysanthemum? But I know she calls him Chrysanthemum. She calls him that. Was... Everyone calls him that. The subtitles call him that, and the credits call him that. But in the comics, they call him Black Chrysanthemum, which is where the B right. and BK comes from. Again, much like Slave One, doesn't matter to me either way. But it just seems no. like uh, they don't even want to address that, uh, which it is like. I guess a bit of a loaded thing. Like we don't call Chewy Brown Chewbacca. So why is the, why is the black <laughs> Wookiee called point. black Chrysanthemum? So, right. uh, I, I don't know. Maybe that's his, like maybe Wookiee's last names go first and that's his family name. Yeah. And it's like Smith and Wookiee. I don't, I have no idea, but it just seems like it's in, gone away. Uh, so IMDB still has it as black Chrysanthemum. And that's it's Carrie Jones's Black Crescent. That's how they label it in IMDb. I don't know what it is. I have to look at the end credits on Disney Plus. I didn't pay enough attention to that to see what they they do there. But yeah, Justin doesn't Good believe point. me. I Good don't know point. how we expect our listeners to. If Justin doesn't, it's fine. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Just throw it out there. So Fennec and uh, Fennec and Boba in the next scene meet with the heads of the different crime families of Mos Espa. Uh, we've got the Trandoshan, the Aqualish and the, uh, Klaatuinian, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they've all got a little, like a, a person They're they're number two with them or whatever. Um, yeah. who does he work for? Uh, <laughs> <got> a, <clears throat> really hunker down to show that turd who's boss. Um, and they're trying to convince them, like, hey, the Pikes are coming in. You know, they're coming for us now. But once they take our territory, they're going to take your territory, too. So, hey, team with us, um, which was a big, fat no-go from everybody. And he says, fine, we'll take care of this. We'll handle it. But I want you to guarantee that you're just going to stay out of it. So when the Pikes say, hey, uh, why don't you side with us? and team up against Boba Fett, you say no and just let us take care of it. And they say, yes, we agree to those terms and they are on their way. And then we get the nice little scene up in the balcony where Boba and Fennec watch him drive off. And he says he doesn't really trust them, but he trusts them to look out for their own best interests. And this is the best offer, which I agree with. Uh, so they probably will just stay out of it. And it's pretty easy for them to turn down the pikes just like they turned down him and say, hey, no, we're going to stay out of it. Why do we want to me- get our hands dirty when we can just, you know, stay out and deal with whoever survives? 
So they uh, feel like they're going to handle it on their own, but they need a little muscle. And Fennec says credits can buy muscle. And that's where we hear the Mando theme for the second time. Which I've got that one here as well. Do you trust them? I trust them to work in their own self-interest. My deal is a lot better than what the syndicate would offer. They may be stubborn, but they are not foolish enough to see that the Pikes would eventually take over the whole planet. Either way, we must prepare for war. How much treasure do we have in reserve? I have plenty of credits. What I'm short on is muscle. Credits can buy muscle. If you know where to look. Love it. Yeah, it's uh, very foreboding for next week's episode. Is it Where coming with go? a posse? Yeah, that's. I think we got to dig right into that now. We're like, it's a perfect time. Yeah. If if we're going to war, he like a war. That means armies, not a bar fight, not a not a tussle, not a scrap. Like an actual war, we can't just be calling in one person, right? We're not calling in a dude on a jetpack. Is that right? Like. But who's he going to bring with him? I mean, good question. I mean, he could bring grief with him, right? Grief's probably coming. I, I mean, but he's like a magistrate now, doing his own Trapper thing. Wolf. So, <laughs> I mean, some air support <laughs> that would be nice. But I, I mean, grief Karga, is that a heavy hitter? I mean, he's a nice guy. I mean, no, no disrespect to Carl Weathers, but like, that's not who now, you're thinking of it's when you go to war. It's been floating around out there in the rumor mill this week that Bo Katan is getting her own spinoff show. That's the rumor mill. Again, take it with a grain of salt. Hmm. I could see she comes in with maybe Casca and Axe Woves and a couple of the Night Owls. And now you've got a formidable group. That you, I don't, I don't know that you. Do you really need a full army to take on the Pikes, or do you just need specially trained individuals, maybe several of them, to help you out? And I think, well, that's I, maybe where we go, which would, which would play nicely to bring in. Uh, if you're going to do a Cree a, a series like everybody is rumoring at this point, then that's a good way to bring her character and others into the fold. As much as I want to see that. As much as I want to see her this week, tomorrow, I don't think that it makes sense because the way she's been presented to us is one, her and Mando are not on good terms right now because he has the Darksaber and that was her number one goal. Two, she doesn't really seem to want to do anything that's outside of what her priorities are Mm -hmm. unless there's something in it for her for her so i don't Mm, i don't see her helping with the pikes piece unless she has a really good reason to do so and i'm just not sure what that reason would be but man i would love i would love (laughs) uh a bo-katan show yeah well 
I that that was my primary guess was that it would be the night owls because he's been rolling with them, and then I think you've got Mando and two to four other fully kitted Mandalorians plus Boba Fett, plus Fennec, plus a couple Gamorreans, plus BK, plus a Rancor. And all of a sudden, you know, your palace is looking pretty defended. Um, Mm -hmm. That that does make sense to me, Josh, why she wouldn't necessarily have the motivation to do that. I don't know that I'm fully convinced that she and Mandalorian Din, it's weird to call him the Mandalorian, I think, (laughs) uh, are... I don't know that there's like beef necessarily. I think that there's tension, but he's ignorant. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't like backstabbing. He just like took a prisoner. He, was, he had no idea. Uh, he had so, no idea. Yeah. I, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I get your point about that. She and Mandalorians just in general are kind of like bordering on xenophobic and they're just kind of doing their own thing and her to, just benevolently do but you know uh, uh, there's a way to sell that i don't know i guess the the other backup idea is that he could have met with some of those uh other mandalorians from like the the zealot uh underground coven mandalorians that scattered off of uh navarro back in season one or two or whatever that was like uh, the armor. Yeah. And, but, but yeah. I, 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 it just doesn't make sense to me that he would show up alone, that they're going to make to the big deal, or unless they call in a bunch of people and he's one of them. But right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I don't, <clears throat> I don't, um, it's, he doesn't have very many friends, you know, right. grief cargo is kind of old. Cara Dune is dead. Uh, what's Bill Burr doing? You know, Bill Burr. I can't remember his name. I just want to call him Bill Burr. Mayfield. Uh, Mayfield. Yeah. May, yeah. Migs Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought yeah. the figure, but um, what? So I. What I if? Um, all right. So at this point, Mando's got <gasps> the dark saber. He Luke has no ship. Calls up Grogu. He's like, "Hey, Grogu, bring Uncle Luke." <laughs> yeah, we need some. We need some um, force powers up in here. He's got the dark saber. He's got no ship other than the one that they just took. That giant cruiser basically right Mm -hmm. and he's got basically the night owls because at this point Bo doesn't control the dark saber so she is not the leader of of the mandos right so maybe he said he gets the call from boba and says hey i need some help mando says we're gonna go help boba because he helped us and brings Bo and the rest of the crew and she doesn't really have a choice and maybe that's where that bad blood kind of starts that it's it's not on her agenda beef is for him to get this yes dark saber he didn't even know about and then start handing out orders i don't know right like she goes well that's not in our best interest we're fighting imperial remnants blah 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 he says no we're gonna go help she gets cranky about that and now you've got beef between her and mando there you go there you go i don't think so i don't like it figured it out i don't know i'm, just <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, very what's interested un, to see unspecified boatman's him. brother doing corn boatman's oh, brother. oh see <laughs> what's he going on unnamed <laughs> bring a couple of hoses of a uh, chowder whatever that yeah he tube really chowder. Ch- tube chowder yeah, up there and hose the bikes down as they chowder. come <laughs> I, I like a good soup or stew too but don't sign me up for tube <sighs> i chowder. do but that did not look apt if it's trying to eat me before i eat it i got a problem yeah, with i'm that. really That's, trying to uh, think it's not cool and din does not have a long <clears throat> list of uh friends and acquaintances so no 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. The people from that, that uh, small village on that one planet. He's going to call his one girlfriend, <laughs> Omera, who can with shoot their, a rifle. With their blue shrimp and spotchka, they're going to show up I blue, and I would try get the pipes drunk up. and then... Yeah, I, w- I probably would too. It didn't look too bad. Uh, so through, all right. So let me ask this question: Through the episode, right? Um, we get a lot of Fennec when she first joins up with Boba. Um, we find that she's kind of bailing him out out of situational things through the episode several times, right? Um, you know, she helps him obviously get the the ship out. She's doing a lot of the legwork of the fighting on the ground while he's in getting the ship ready. Um, this show was her you know, like focused on her more than any of the other episodes. Have yeah. Been. Yeah. She, the Sarlacc pit, right. She's trying to hit the buttons to get the, the seismic charge out, which to which he tells her, you know, next time don't touch my buttons. Um, See, he knew they're you know, doing just, the seismic charge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you feel that this is maybe Boba aging a little bit and he's not maybe as sharp as he once was, or, or do you feel like, Maybe the Sarlacc pit just kind of wreaked havoc to what she said. What about the scars on the inside kind of wreaked havoc on him and it's taking him longer to get back into the swing of things and be the old Boba Boba that we assume he was. Uh, What do you guys think about that? Yeah, he's just figuring it out. I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure that like this episode was the end of the flashbacks, um, like signified by the you're completely healed. yeah, that transition. And yeah, this yeah. is like how how Boba got his groove back, you know. So like, here's we got our last story of him, uh, you know, not kind of being not being himself, and now we're gonna get uh, a Boba that we're more used to, with 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 that humanity we've learned, you know, from him uh, that he's grown too. But I think like going forward, he's gonna be a little bit more sure of himself and. Uh, little bit more competent i I agree that it was it's a little bit about he was on this arc of recovery of physical recovery uh and i but i also think it was more about giving fennec agency and like this is her recovery and her showing off her skills to him and to us like an audition um more than more than a reflection of him being incapable it was how good she is and why he offered yeah. her a position as an equal and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he, he knew her when she first woke up on the desert and when she started waking up, he said, you're your master assassin. Fennec he went from mid rim. just left it off, off screen. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled that's out the ID, ID card, a little hollow had, card, yeah. like, Oh, that's who oh, she okay. is. Okay. Yeah. She might come in handy. <laughs> I see how it is. Boba. Um, So this one's kind of got me a little bit stumped. So in episode one, we clearly see Boba escape the Sarlacc pit with all of his armor on only to get it taken away by the Jawas to inevitably, inevitably end up with Cobb Vanth, right? In episode four, we return to the Sarlacc pit and he's in search of his armor thinking that it's in the belly of the Sarlacc. And in fact, the quote, what he says is the Sarlacc pit. That's where I, I was trapped all those years ago. Um, that's where I'll find my armor. That is his exact quote. Um, there's, there's been a lot of talk out on social media, basically like, well, is that a plot hole? Because, you know, he, he clearly got out with it on. Do we, do we think that when he got out, maybe he was just 
tired and drained, maybe delusional. And he Dude, I don't remember where I parked forgot. my car half the time. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it was like six years ago and he was half dead. Like, who cares that he he thought it was still in the pit? Yeah. He doesn't like, remember. So he's, he's a, he, he, he clearly has experience. no recollection of it because he has no recollection of it prior to the Tuscans taking it. He was beat way. up enough that the that he got beat up by a bunch of little Jawas. Come on. I'll I'll ca- I'll counterpoint that a little bit because I agree that he was near death and then he got concussed by a Jawa. So his memory could be let's say even gone. He has no memory of what happened after he fell into the pit and went unconscious until the Tuscans woke him up or whatever. But even like a tiny bit of logical thought, A, how would he have gotten out of the armor inside of the Sarlacc? Why would that have happened? And if that did happen, how would he then have gotten out of the Sarlacc without the armor? So even like to me, as someone who just like kind of thinks of things like that, like how I don't have to know I don't have to remember getting out of the pit with the armor on to know like, well, of course I had the armor on when I got out of the pit because how else would I have gotten out out of the pit? I would have (laughs) immediately died or I would have no way of escaping or there's no way I would have taken it off. Like the Sarlacc guts Mm -hmm. aren't going to remove his armor and leave his body. Like it just, there was, there's no scenario where that would make sense to me. Yeah. And I think that quote, I think, really helped frame the time frame that he was with the Tuscan people and that everybody had forgotten about him. Because he said, when he says, that's where I was trapped all those years ago, which you're meaning more than one, right? So clearly at least two, three years, maybe. All those sounds like five or six. Yeah, I mean, that's only a long time to me. Right. Yeah. That's a long time. So he had, I don't think he was in the pit very long. But he clearly was able to get out within a relatively reasonable amount of time because otherwise your body would have starved to death or whatever. And um, he was able to get out in a reasonable amount of time. But I think his time with the Tuscans was significant. And and I don't I don't know that that maybe this show put it out there that way that yeah he was with these people for years not just a couple months and he learned their ways and that kind of thing i think he was with them for a significant amount of time when i I, um so that really kind of helps frame where we're at now i wonder if that actual line of dialogue and establishing that he was with the tuscans for years and that's why it had such an impact on him is part of the reason that we needed to go back to the Sarlacc pit for what seemed to me like a little bit of a, a silly he yeah I would have much rather him just and this is such a nit to pick but we all love this show so I'll I'll talk about the things that I think could have been better but I don't know why he couldn't have just said the Jawas stole my uh, stole my armor right there outside the pit when I was near death so let's go back and mm-hmm. see if I can't find the Jawas that's where I saw him last so let's start there and see if they're whatever and they could have been attacked right. by the Sarlacc from there. Uh, I, I I don't know. It just it, it seems silly. I think the 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 thing the thing that I thought of when I saw people, and I don't know why this. I think this story comes to me because it it bothers me what happened to this guy. But um, 
the the reason I gave it so much leeway is I think about this story. There was this wrestler named Dolph Ziggler who was like a fan favorite, but they weren't really giving him a push. And he won the title, and then he got a concussion on uh, Tuesday night. And they they record uh, uh, the, at that time they were recording Monday Night Raw on Monday, and then Tuesday. Tuesday night SmackDown on Tuesdays to, or it aired later or whatever. And he, he got a concussion on Tuesday night and he didn't remember when he remember, he, he remembers like coming to awareness, like in the airport the next day, like people took him okay. to the airport and he doesn't remember Tuesday or Monday at all. Hmm. Like, so I'm just like, mm-hmm. you know, and that was from like a, a uh, fake kick that was a little too stiff and gave him a concussion. Like, so yeah. I'm just thinking, like, this is way worse. So maybe he doesn't remember like a whole time frame. And I think like I was just a little amnesia. burnt out on so many people being like, "This show isn't uh, Boba Fett sucks." <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. So no, like, I I love the show, and I, I and I've actually yeah. done head injury training for like my previous job, and like I know that stuff is serious, and people can lose huge chunks of time, like you said, even days. Yeah. I I but I'm saying all he has to know is that he went in and he came out to know that he came out with the armor on. That's my opinion. Like you don't have to remember I mean, anything else. Technically, he did slam into the side of a sail barge before falling into the Sarlacc and pit. And all, so. all of the armor fell off on the way down. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so you're saying he remembers nothing <laughs> from basically Boba Fett where to... Yeah, right. Like, it took him a while to, like, recover his memories and, and his amnesia from his amnesia, and now he's good to go. So, I don't know. It, I, no, I love the show, and I am not, yeah, I'm, like, I don't want to poo-poo that. Like, it does It make me ask questions just because, like, I like to sometimes fit, fill the pieces in, in my head. But, I mean, I, got, I mean, it's fine. Like, I go, as Josh would say, it's space wizards. Like, it's totally fine. It's not a big deal. I was more upset um, about the Sarlacc pull, trying to pull the ship in, and it actually like succeeding. <laughs> oh, that like, was well, that was crazy to me too. Like we have to drop the seismic charge because the ship that travels at light speed can't pull away from a tentacle. <laughs> okay, so I thought about that too because if, if you give me some says, bull about repulsors, <laughs> I'm not having. No, it. no, 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 no. So he says like all, where I was trapped all those years ago. Maybe the Sarlacc that we saw in Return of the Jedi was a, a younger Sarlacc, and now it's bigger, six years stronger, later. It's faster. older, it's bigger, it's stronger, and it has more ability. I don't know, but either way, once, I saw once the, the Millennium Charge dropped, it was fly over. Straight through a Rathtar, so I don't believe <laughs> that this thing couldn't the the fire spray couldn't just pull away, pull off one Sarlacc tentacle. I mean, it was like the other direction. I mean, if it was this way where the burners were down, maybe, but I don't know. I don't know. It's got some reverse thrusters um, in there or something. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not buying it. It, it was, I will say, it was an enjoyable thing. Like once the seismic charge went off and he started to pull the ship up, you could see the tentacle just like yeah. flop off because yeah. it was severed. <laughs> it was a nice, uh, nice little Which, touch they did there. So. Speaking of the direction that it was facing, I think that uh, this episode did expose a bit of a flaw in the the design of the fire spray uh it's fine once you get upright and flying but landing and takeoff 
is like fully blind. It's, it's vulnerable. Yeah. It's really when he vulnerable. was trying to get out of the parking garage, he was struggling because he was staring straight yeah. at the roof. You know, and how yep. do you, how does somebody <laughs> land that thing? It's like, well, there it is. I hope nothing moves or walks under me because I'm backing in every time with no rear yeah. view mirror. Yeah. Well, doesn't Not it rotate practical. though? Like, I the thought seats. that was the whole thing is that it rotates. So that way. But still, it does rotate, but it lands on its back. So at some point you have to be facing up and landing. Well, I'm wondering if you don't rotate, like you don't rotate into that, that position until you after you've landed i don't know <laughs> i don't we're gonna need a working diagram we'll look, a pic, of look, the, we'll uh, look at a picture of, of it when it's here. on the ground the the glass cockpit is facing up it's the only way because the back where the which engine which when are, you um in uh in attack of the clones right when they first get in there, they're literally sitting yeah. on like they get in the chair and they're sitting looking upwards. Yeah, and that's why she had glass. to climb up to the situation. Yeah, right, but why but does yeah. it, we we learned about the rotating mechanism. Like what's the purpose of that then if they're always that was in the, facing the glass that was in the cargo. That was down below though, I think. That's in the cargo area. That's not the actual cockpit. I don't think the cockpit moves. Yeah. Oh. I think it's just once it gets like this, that whole like cargo area goes. Yeah, the cockpit's on the outside, and, and the outside rotates around the center. Yeah, yeah. We'll find a diagram. We'll get. Somebody's it. probably we'll get got a, there, so. a a gif made of it somewhere. Yeah, um, let's let's talk a little bit about Boba's plan here versus the Pikes. Uh, do you think that the other groups can really stay neutral if they're approached by the Pikes? Do you think they're all in, or do you think one of them's gonna? money grab i think he's probably right that they recognize it's in their interest for boba fett to uh beat the pikes to win you know uh they would rather have him around taking his piece than the pikes coming in and presumably taking everything but i think boba's in like a bit of a win-win situation because if they stay out of it he gets to flex and like prove that he could take down the pikes and that he uh that these other families shouldn't mess with him but if one of them does agree to help the pikes then he knows that he can't trust them too and he he kind of smokes out uh somebody that you know wouldn't be loyal that he couldn't put any faith in so uh it's yeah. kind of a no lose, but I, I think they had that conversation at the end where he's like, I, I don't trust them, but they recognize that this deal is the better deal. So they'll, they'll go with it. So I think that's, that'll probably hold true. He's yeah. not a master Josh. negotiator. That's for sure. No, but he had a rancor no. uh, rattle the floor. That doesn't hurt. <laughs> that was a huge flex. Yeah. That was a really hurt. big flex. Um, which I like that. I kind of like that in this, this show, the, the crime bosses and these major players trying to do like these power flexes on each other, right? Like the hut twins, Boba, um, you know, you got, uh, what was it like the Trandoshan guy here? Here's some Wookiee pelts or like, I, I think it's uh, like even, I'd say even Garza does a little bit of a power flex there, right? With the two that came up to Boba and Fennec at first and we're like, oh, do you want your helmet polished? And then they come back with a helmet full of money and she's like, look, I got cash. What do you want? So I, I think they're all trying to like jockey for power and prove to each other that they're 
able to hold their own in this. So what, uh, what are some of the things that you guys liked? You didn't like Josh, I'm going to start with, with you. Um, well, one thing, uh, there were some really nice music cues, different things in this episode, uh, two that stood out, um, during the mod scene, uh, there was some like trippy, uh, distorted bass guitar. And I'm, I heard more than one YouTuber say that it was Thundercat, but I haven't been able to find that in writing somewhere, but it would not surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. and then, which if that's true, I really, really like that. Um, and then if you listen to the track f- during the meeting, it's totally supposed to sound like the Godfather. Even has like the mandolin, mm-hmm. uh, whatever nice. that like string instrument is, you know, yeah. um, nice which I love too because I love mob movies anyway, and uh, just it's a nice homage. Um, I'm a Goodfellas guy, uh, but I like it. Well, yeah, no, I mean that's a that's a good one too. Uh, Goodfellas Casino. You oh. gotta, you know, it it has the it has the one really good thing that the Godfather doesn't have. Joe Pesci. Well, everything's mm-hmm. better with little yeah. Joe Pesci. Yeah, need a little bit. <laughs> um, obviously, the bla- the Black K uh, and uh, Trandoshan uh, bar scene was cool, and you know, Garcia Whip was looking pretty nice, <laughs> easy to look at. <laughs> yeah. I need her to have like yeah. a different outfit every scene, the way Padme does, though. She this she's yeah. had this white dress on every single time. Come on, that's not true. No, she had a different one on when we first met her. Oh, yeah. is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, I was. Come I think on, it was like Kyle. Grayish. Open your eyes. Too smitten with this last one to even <laughs> remember the previous. Yep. There is only one outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got it. She got his attention with the second outfit, not the first one. Yeah. Apparently, you. You know, you had retrograde amnesia. <laughs> I did. Yeah, and I didn't even have a head injury. Yeah. <laughs> I, that I remember. Huh. Yeah. Who knows yeah. what happened? Um. You know, and I. I already talked about. I. The my my only real my my two. Uh, major nitpicks were um, him not negotiating at all and um, not even like trying to I mean yeah he did the rancor thing but that almost felt more like comic relief than it Mm -hmm. uh, than like I I see that it's a flex but it it just it didn't hit me that way Um, Mm -hmm. and then you know the the thing with the Sarlacc pit in the ship Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, the droids were fun. Like, I, I really like this episode. I'm really excited for the next one. Yeah. Um, I, and I really don't know where they're going to go, which is kind of fun. So I know. It's up for grabs. What about you, Kyle? Uh, I will counterpoint Josh's mod shop thing. And I know I'm going against the grain here, but I did not really care for it. I, like, appreciate a lot of what they tried to do, like incorporating this actor and the music and uh, the look and making it all specific, but it also, it felt out of place different to me rather than like just a new star Wars thing different to me. You know, I, I, I think he looked unusual for a star Wars character. I think the way they did the montage of how they were working on her, um, was unusual for star Wars and the up close, like meticulous 
mechanical work is not i don't know it was just out of place and a lot of times we see stuff that's new and i'm indifferent and i I do enjoy it and i'm like hey that's a cool new thing but um i don't know that whole scene felt kind of out of place and like on on paper i understand why it all worked but it just i don't know it didn't fit into star wars for me for some reason um, I got gotcha. you. I don't hate the show because of it, but uh, I don't know. It just felt funny. But I did love that, again, they are talking about Fennec being left for dead on the sands of Tatooine, and Boba says he was just like her. And that goes along with the other line about fate sometimes steps in to rescue the wretched. And these are things that um, have been repeated and go all the way back to Boba and Fennec in the Mandalorian and Boba has kind of taken on that role. He was rescued by the Tuscans. He was changed by them. And, and since then he rescued Fennec, he rescued the Gamorreans uh, who everybody mm-hmm. was ready to just murder. Essentially he Kill. rescued <laughs> this mod squad who had no jobs. They're stealing water. They're just kind of running around being hoodlums. Uh, he rescues BK that the the uh, huts were ready to leave to this person who they assumed would kill him or sell him into a slave pits or something. Uh, in a way, he mm-hmm. tried to rescue the Tuscans from the Pikes. I, I guess in hindsight that that backfired, but um, I really am I, I I'm liking that theme and it's it's repeating itself and um, yeah I don't know I like it it works for me every single time. How do you guys feel about the um the the flashbacks and not not the story that they tell but how they're how they use them in the episode? I feel like they're a little clunky at times like where they put them and how they relate to the rest of the episode. I think each episode works individually, but I wish it had been more consistent. Um sometimes there's like sometimes there's been like four episodes, but there have been like very clear thematic parallels. Um, other times it's like more cosmetic. Sometimes the, Mm. it goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then in other episodes, it's all of one time period. And then all of the next time period. Um, I think it would have been nicer if, if it was more consistent, but like I said, I do think, it mostly worked within each episode. Like I, I think in this particular one, that transition from the flashback into the current timeline was bordering on perfect. Like, I don't think things can really be perfect, but it was really, really good. And I think you're right. That was probably the last flashback. And that was part of like that exclamation point on it. But um, yeah, it's definitely been, they've definitely handled it differently every episode, which I think is, less than ideal. Yeah. What, uh, any other, anything else stand out to you, Kyle, that you were loving Um, or not loving, loving or not loving. Uh, I still, I have a question that maybe, Oh, I, I will, this is like a short one, but I really liked that, uh, Garza flip called him Santo and you played it in that little clip. Like she calls him Kersantin and says they cheered your name, but later she says Santo like they're buddies, uh, which is like a nice little nod because in the comics he does have like a hundred little nicknames that people call him. Um, but 
when they're making this kind of stealth entry into Jabba's palace in the flashback timeline when they're trying to liberate the fire spray, they take out the three droids, no alarms, nobody knows they're okay. there. They get into the hangar, they see the ship, they take out two Gamorreans, hand-to-hand, stealth mode, no shots fired, nobody else around, and then alarms just start going off, and immediately, like as soon as the alarms go off, people are streaming into the hangar as if they know exactly where this problem is. How did that happen? I just took it as maybe somebody stumbled across the dead droids in the kitchen and, like, and, and knew like, oh, immediately crap. to go to the hangar well, not not immediately to go to the hangar i don't know how that part worked but i figured that's how the alarm sounded but i figure they've got cameras or something somewhere and finally noticed it i don't know i know what it, what happened oh this will be good. someone found the lep droid turned him back who on said oh boba fett's here and they're like Sh- crap his his ship's ah. in the in the hangar boom there you go I don't. That's why you don't people, go around telling everybody your telling name. People, your Boba Fett. I don't love man. it, but I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Reasonable explanation enough. It's plausible. Uh, I'll, g- I'll give it yeah, to you. Plausible. Not likely, but plausible enough. All right. Yeah, I um. No, I. I, I the one thing I, I would say that I really love is the longer runtime. That, I mean, well, you can really dig in. I love more. these longer episodes, but you know, versus the short ones. Like, give me more Star Wars. Anytime I'm getting more Star Wars, I'm I'm gonna be happy. Um, you know, we talked about the Garza Whip and BK scene. Love that. I'm pretty sure that one Trandoshan that he slammed down on its neck is dead. Yeah, um, definitely, <laughs> he, that was a hard, if he's not dead. hard hit. And I'm like, okay, that guy's got to be dead. Um, but yeah, that scene was fantastic. And then I do like seeing Fennec, you know, I brought the question up, but I do like seeing Fennec kind of bail Boba out on the different things, right? Like raiding the impound lot, helping escape the Sarlacc, um, giving him water and suggesting he needs a back to tank. Uh, you know, it, it just, it, it, it knowing where to get the hired muscle, right? She knows like all these things and she's helping him out. And I like, you know, she is contributing an equal amount to, his success because i think she understands that if he's successful she's successful and it's a a solid partnership so i love seeing that um and then the rancor flex i mean anytime you got a rancor you got to flex you you gotta let the people know i like boba continuing to be an animal lover in general he's having some nice little conversations with his bantha he feeds it some of his whatever he's eating roasted desert animal (laughs) Uh, are, which are they vegetarians or are they meat eaters? I think if you live in a desert, like you eat whatever you come across because there's not a yeah. lot of options. And, and yeah, beggars can't be choosers, right? And he sets him free yeah. <laughs> and uh, tells him to go make baby banthas and make, make, make Rome bantha babies and all that. Yeah, so. <laughs> makes me think of that scene in Borat where he's lost everything and he's outside the church with the chicken and he's like, "Go live your life." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> This is go play with find other banthas, make bantha babies. Uh, yeah, he was all excited for the bantha babies. So, yeah. I think that's uh, but, about uh, all I've got. Well, I love seeing the Lep Droid man. That was good too. I mean, you're you're putting the Clone Wars, the animated stuff, into mm-hmm. live action Star Wars, and it's just super cool to see him do so. 
Well, hopefully you guys uh, got, we got a lot because this episode was longer. So we had a lot to talk about this episode, but uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, anything else before we, uh, we wrap it up. No, I got to see tomorrow's um, episode. I want to know who we're calling in. Who's the muscle? Yeah. Who's coming? Yeah. Agreed. And when's Crimson Dawn show up? I'm throwing it out there. I think it's happening. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. You heard it here when's first, it folks. Happen? Crimson Dawn will show up. No, I'm just kidding. I, they no, will. No, I don't no, know no, if it'll no. be this episode. They're showing up this season. <laughs> I, I yeah. can't guarantee it'll I be Kira, but somebody, Crimson Dawn representative, is showing up this this season. We're gonna know. I'm still I'm keeping my it. fingers crossed for Afro or Triple Zero, one of those guys. I'd love that. So I don't know why well, you let's think wrap these it up jo- droids, man. You're all clear, kid. Now let's slow this thing and go Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed the synopsis of episode four of the Book of Boba Fett, The Gathering Storm. I enjoyed this episode. It was great. Two and four, to me, solid episodes. One was pretty good. Three, eh, that was probably my least favorite so far. But overall, enjoying the series. Um, come join us. Tune in tomorrow night. Catch the newest episode of Book of Boba Fett that drops Wednesday. Come join us Friday night, 8.30, YouTube. Twitch, Facebook, any one of those three, you can jump on. Join the live chat with us. Come talk Boba Fett. We like to we like to talk about Star Wars and other stuff. So uh, it could get crazy. This week should be fun. This week should be a little bit crazy and a little bit interesting. Not that the last four haven't, because they have certainly like gone crazy. But but this one should be pretty fun. So. Uh, we have some special guests, as we told you. We've got special guests on all of these shows coming up. So come join us for some fun Friday night. You can tune into any one of our previous podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. They're all out there. Um, my name is Justin. You can find me on Twitter at I am the Bendu. Where can they find you guys at? This is Josh. And yeah, this Friday we have the hottest free agent in professional wrestling, Bohit Raju. And we also have Jackson Galepi. So, I, I hope that his ears. Maggie can. Yeah, I'm hoping that Maggie <laughs> can. Uh, you know, hold back her fear. You know, she has a rabbit. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and and Rohit hasn't been on since we started being real silly. So it should be interesting to see how he makes it. <laughs> Do we need to yeah, serious yeah. it up a little bit? Nah, yeah, he's a fun guy. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, this is Kyle and I am KB underscore legend. But on, Josh, did you say your uh, Twitter? They know where I'm at. He's Battle of my band, former critics. <laughs> uh, I'm KB underscore legend on all the social media and demos. And you can find Outer and Beacon anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to email us, uh, outerandbeacon at gmail.com. And again, go like, subscribe, check us out, drop us a review. a review. We love to have that. Yeah, we love that. Like, give us some feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Happy to hear it. So, guys, take care. We will see you Friday night. Can't wait to talk some more Book of Boba Fett. Can't wait for tomorrow's episode. As always, may the Force be with you. Like a Benza. Like a Benza. Hit it, Max.